Hello and welcome to the Moncast. My name's Sam. And my name's Stevie. The current score is 2-1 to Pokemon, and this time we are discussing the fourth episodes, Iron Vegemon and Roll On Pokemon. Let's start with Iron Vegemon. Gabumon escapes from the least threatening Digimon villain so far, Red Vegemon, and asks for help to save the village. They sneak about and frequently insult Davis for his stupidity and general awfulness, but then are taken prisoner near to the control spire. Red Vegemon beats Vemon into the spire so hard that it cracks, allowing Gabumon to digivolve and to give the kids the upper hand. They save the day, destroy one of dozens of control spires, and start playing a game of Othello with the Emperor. So the episode begins and we've got Ty and the gang. They're in the Emperor's little arena thing that we saw before, where it's full of cages and Vimon headbutts a set of bars and breaks them open, which raises a question, why didn't the Digimon just do that? Because if a headbutt can destroy the cage, surely Gotsumon's like rock attack or its its own headbutt attack would break the cage? In my mind, it just starts off with them in the classroom with three Gotsumon hanging around. Like my notes say, I don't remember them ever saving those Gotsumon. <laughs> It's the very beginning is literally like Tyenko in the arena where the Emperor was before. And even that's a weird start because it's just Ty and, and the kids. And I'm like, they've not established what they're doing there or why they're there. They're just sort of there. Sort of continuation on last episode. But it must have been so brief. I somehow glossed over it completely. It's a good like three minutes. I think what's happened is... Cody did the recap and it was so boring and I was so desperate to skip it that I've just skipped three minutes past. Okay, but yeah, so they break Gotsuman out of these cages, but it's literally just V headbutt and it's a rookie level attack which is just throw your head at a thing. These are special bars that only break from the outside. Glad we established that. TK notices how easy it was to set them free and Davis says it's because the Emperor knows how strong they are and then Kari agrees with TK and says that the Emperor must be up to something and you'd think that but he's just not. No point in the episode does he go oh I let them break the Gotsumon free because of a reason and it's like no they just straight up broke free. Yep that's fine they're doing okay as did you destined. Ty tells them that they should return home as they're sort of leaving Gatomon notices a large black spire. We haven't seen them before yet, have we? Is this the first time? Nope, this is the first time they've popped up. Cuts to the Emperor explaining to some Digimon about the control spires. He's in uh, Santa Korea, which is the town that they're in this time, which gets a name for some reason. He's explaining to Gazumon that uh, the control spire has been set up there and it's going to turn everybody within its range into slaves by controlling them with dark rings and that it's useless to resist. But also Gabumon's there because Gabumon's turned to be in the plot. Yeah, they're just going to go through all of the older kids and get them involved. It's almost a bit like a shadow of the original episodes in Adventure where you get Ty and then you get Matt and then you'll get whoever else it is in that order. Get Sora. The kids are back in the computer lab and Izzy's freaking out because they just brought the Gotsumon back with them, which they've never done before. And Ty says that they couldn't just leave them there. And it's like, well, you could. You haven't exactly brought Ogumon or anybody back with you. They were quite happy to leave Tentamon and Beomon there a couple episodes ago. But now these Gotsumon have to come back with them. Because it's funny. Even though I'm pretty sure in other episodes we saw like Betamon or something. 
also being in those cages, but I guess they didn't want to set them free this episode. I guess it was just time for the Gatsumon. Just the Gatsumon. Yoli asks how they'll hide them, and Cody says he'll pretend that he's doing sculpting classes, and these are some of his early masterpieces, because Cody has lines in this. And creativity, and imagination, and some form of talent or originality. As a last-minute idea, like it kind of makes sense, but apart from that, I don't know, it doesn't really... It's just rocks. Can they not just go on the grass and be rocks? Izzy asks Yoli if he can borrow her Digivice to try out a few experiments because he explains that they can't use the, the original. They're not called D2s, but people call them D2s. And I'm like, okay, call them D2s because it's fine. It's a fan name. I don't care. But their D2s can't open the, the gates, but the D3s can. So he wants to find a way of extrapolating that ability from the D3s so they can go into the digital world in their own time instead of relying on the on the new kids. So up until now, the older DigiKids have only been going when the gate opens itself. They can't open it using their own Digivices. I imagine it's a little like the Tide, where it's open for a certain amount of time and then it closes itself, and they're basically only able to get out when it's open. Like, they can't force it open, whilst the D3s can force it open. So even when they do go to the digital world, they've got like a super set time limit, so they can't exactly chill out all day and stuff. I'm still a fan of the theory that is the Emperor that's been opening and closing the gate up until now. So you think they can only go in there when the Emperor's there? Yeah. That makes sense. That does actually make sense. It'll be interesting to see if there are any future episodes where they're there and he's not. I don't think we've seen that so far. Well, it doesn't matter so much now that they have their own D3s, but before the new kids, I think the gate was only open when the Emperor was there. It makes sense, and I kind of like that theory. Also, I can kind of understand why the old kids would be a bit frustrated, because they want to see their partners and everything, but they've got this set time limit where, meanwhile, there are these other kids who can just basically gallivant around in the digital world in their own free time. It'd be a bit frustrating, especially wanting to see their partners and stuff. So yeah, then it cuts to the Emperor, who is heading off somewhere. He's just leaving his arena. He's being carried by a group of Digimon. I forgot which ones it is. It might even be Gazimon, but Gabimon tries to break everybody out by breaking off the door. He's immediately attacked by Red Vegemon. Red Vegemon clearly starts beating up Gabimon, but in the dub they say he's forcing him to smell his roots and that he has root rot. Like, it cuts out any time you actually see Gabimon getting hit, which is weird because you see it later on, and it just doesn't make sense why they'd want to cut that out. Doesn't it still have the hitting sound effects as well? Yeah. You don't need to talk about root rot and anything like that. You can literally just say that you're beating up Gabumon. We literally saw, a few episodes ago, a child with a whip hitting Digimon. I'm pretty sure it'd be okay to watch another Digimon fight another Digimon. It's okay. We can we can deal with this. They probably didn't have the footage in the first place. But then eventually, Gabumon gets knocked into a river and he gets washed up on a riverbank. Shortly after, where there's just a plot-convenient TV. And he starts crawling towards the TV saying that he needs to warn Matt. Which, obviously, he needs to because Matt's his bestie. Friends. Digi-friends. Digi-friends. Yay. And then it cuts to Matt and his band, which is singing that generic I Turn Around song. It's so good. The song is amazing. I love it. To be fair, I can't tell if it's the actual person who voices Matt singing the song or not, but they've got a good voice. I turn around, I see what's behind me. To be fair as well, if you listen to some of the music we have nowadays, it's basically that level of quality. It's so good. So Matt and whoever these are, the digesting formerly known as Matt, I guess he's called now. It's not Knife of Ramen. It's not Knife of Ramen yet. Teenage Wolves. Teenage Wolves. But yeah, it's after the performance, him and... TK are talking and then a girl runs up and asks Matt to sign her shirt and we find out that it's Davis's sister 
June. And then she also gets TK to sign her shirt because she gets all the cute boys to sign her shirt. And apparently all boys are cute. Is this backstage then? I don't think it's like a big concert. They just did a show at like a school or something because it looks almost, it could be a school or a community center. It's just a hallway with with a garden outside of it. It's weird. Yeah, so June's a fan of Matt's, which is a thing we'll see more of later on. And June also has awful hair. It's so anime. It's like star-shaped and weird. It's just Davis's hair, but longer. It's awful. Matt gets an alert on his Digivice and TK gets an alert on his D-Terminal. It's an email from Yoli saying, come back to school, it's an emergency. And it's in Comic Sans, of course. It is in Comic Sans, because everything needs to be in Comic Sans. But you'd think that she would write more stuff, as opposed to come to the school emergency. Like, maybe add a bit more context. And also, it doesn't seem to be an emergency. They just all have to run back to the school. They had a hostage situation on the hands. We don't know how much they heard from Gabumon through the TV. They open a gate and everybody goes except Yoli. Because Yoli has no Digivice. Because she's left it with Izzy still. And she actually says that she's got to go and get it back from Izzy, which I guess kind of makes sense, yeah. I don't know why they had to write Yoli out of this episode. Because it can't have too many people, because it would be harder to animate. But yeah, so she leaves to go and get... Oh, did you buy some Izzy? And then as soon as they land, Gatamon asks why they call the antenna on, on the TV rabbit ears instead of cat ears. And Kara's just like, is this what you think of? I find this a little bit funny because Gatamon's just off in her own little world thinking about her own stuff. And Kara's just like, what are you doing? What are you? Th- why are you thinking about this? I just find it incredibly sad. Why? Because I'm so disappointed in Gatamon. Because cat puns. It's all that cat puns is now. Cat puns. Just not even good cat puns. It's just cat what is she for anymore? Gatomon's a cat. Didn't you know this? Catamon. Catamon. It makes me so sad. She used to be pretty good. She was awesome in the first couple episodes we meet her when she defeats, what, seven champions really easily. And then now it's like she's as powerful as a rookie because she lost a bit of jewellery and then she makes cat puns. That's all she's for. They go to the village and Davis wants to rush in and fight, but Matt says that they should wait. And then... Davis is like, no, we should go and fight. We can just evolve and fight. And then TK's like, no, we should probably listen to Matt and just not rush in. And then Kari's like, yeah, also we should do that because I agree with these people. They all give Davis the middle finger. Davis starts yelling that no one's worried about Kari's well-being. And everyone else like pretty much snubs him and laughs at him when he says TK's name wrong. He calls him like TA or something, which is weird because it's two letters and he should know them. I think it's supposed to be intentional. But you don't really know with Davis when he's being dumb or just being Davis. I'd love to know if this is actually in the original version or if it's like he says something funny. I don't know. But it just seems like a weird choice to put in, especially for TK, who was literally two letters. It's just a running gag that the Digimon writers thought would be funny, but isn't. Like Davis. Davis is just a running gag that the writers thought would be funny, but isn't. So they come up with a plan, and I quite like this plan, is they literally just stick some plastic rings around some of them and then tie everybody up. And they just waltz into Santa Korea and Gatamon and the others just saying that they've got the prisoners and they need to go and put them in prison. So they essentially get exactly where they want to be really easily because everybody else believes them. And as soon as they're there, they start breaking all of the Gazimon out. And then they're trying to get to the control spire for some reason like it's not been made clear what they're doing now they just basically need to get people out and for some reason they need to go to the control spire so they're walking to the control spire and tk casually mentions to davis how he met his sister and then davis immediately starts saying things like how he bet she said bad things about him and then starts listing all of these bad things that he thinks she said and i'm like oh davis has no self-confidence he's got 
no self-esteem and he immediately thinks people will say negative things about him and stuff. It seems to me like he dislikes himself a bit, which would actually explain why he's really loud and brash and stuff. Because if he's blunt and just a bit headstrong, he doesn't have to emotionally deal with anything he's coming across. And I know it is just a dub joke, but the impression that I got was that he thinks these things about himself a bit and that he just assumes people will think bad things about him. And then he's trying to not really think about it by being this idiot. I just got the impression that his sister always makes fun of him. So he expected her to do that. There was also that, but I like to read into Davis a little bit more because of this thing. I don't think that Davis has any depth of character. No, he doesn't, but I'm trying to give him some. None of the people have depth of character in this. They're all just like shallow pools. It's quite simply just his sister always makes fun of him. So he expected that his sister would have made fun of him and done nothing else. That's probably all of the depth of character that his sister has, is that she makes fun of Davis and likes cute boys. I'm not keen on Davis in this episode at all. I'm actually okay with him this episode. I'll talk about it when we talk about who's worse, but it might be my mood. It might be something else. I don't know, but I'm more positive this episode compared to my slightly more aggressive stances last time. Because Cody does nothing. (laughs) He has about four lines in this episode. I was trying to be conscious of it, and I I wasn't the entire time. Like I sort of, I kept remembering how many times he spoke, but I wasn't like 100% with it. I wasn't counting specifically, but he has got about four lines in this episode. He also has, like we'll talk about it later on, but he has just this completely tacked on thing that doesn't need to happen, but they just do anyway because they forgot that Cody needs to be in it. So that bit happens with Davis and then Matt gets angry at Davis. Well, it's it's Matt, so Matt's going to get angry at anybody anyway because it's, it's how Matt do. But he gets angry at Davis because he said bad things about his sister. Then Kara gets mad at him because she doesn't like it when people say bad things about their siblings. And then Davis goes off saying how she thinks he's a useless piece of disgusting dirt. I'm like, yet again, these names that he's come up for himself. It reinforces this headcanon that I have that Davis doesn't really have high self-esteem. I think he just is awful. He can be awful, but maybe there's a reason behind it. I'm just trying to find redeeming qualities. Nope, throughout the whole episode, he is just awful. It seems like he's doing it on purpose. But then Vimon decides that he wants to cheer Davis up and starts telling a knock-knock joke. I like Vimon in this. Vimon's quite positive. In fact, he does the most in this episode, really, when you think about it. So they come up across Red Vegemon, and then Vimon tries to fight him because he knows that Davis likes to fight. Because he's awful. So... Davis is yelling at Vimon to digivolve and then Cody steps up next to him and says one of his four lines and then Vegemon just fly at them and it's kind of really shocking because the shot is just Davis and Cody in the middle of the screen and then these Vegemon just fly from the side of the screen and just hit them and send them flying off the other side. They go at them with some speed but then Red Vegemon captures Vimon and starts beating him up and then everyone else has been overpowered by like a few Vegemon and it's weird because they're just Vegemon and it doesn't make sense why they'd all be overpowered by a couple of champion level Digimon that aren't even the strongest champion level Digimon. They fought stronger things than this. Oh, there's a lot of them. Kids aren't Digimon and rookie levels are still lower than champion. Yeah, but we've seen in the first season where the rookie level Digimon were able to defeat champions. Surely Patamon can do something in this. I mean, Patamon should definitely be able to because he doesn't get grabbed. I looked closely and there aren't any vines around him or anything. He's just free. Are you serious? Yeah, I took a screenshot and everything. Yeah, I've put it on our Twitter. Oh, yeah, it's right there. It's just a shot of Patamon wincing with no one attacking him. Honestly, it looks like he's trying to do a poo. The real reason he wasn't fighting back. He's suddenly got a bout of constipation. Just everyone's trying to shield their eyes. They're all just like, no, don't hug us. That's so weird. They just didn't do anything. <laughs> they just didn't draw anything. They just 
added him there being like, no, I can't do anything. Even though like he's potentially the most powerful one there at the moment because he's the most experienced out of all of the Digimon there. He's just there. That's so bad. Digimon, why? Why would you do this though? Do you feel let down? Kind of actually. It's just everyone wrapped up by Vegemon. So then Red Vegemon proceeds to make a million and one cooking references that aren't funny while pummeling Vemon. His attack is open his mouth and then red peppers come out. That doesn't look like a damaging attack. That just kind of looks weird. I mean, what are you going to do? You're going to make them slightly sweaty because of the hot food. Is it going to give him indigestion or get it in his eyes? It'll make him retreat in search for milk. It's just weird. But then basically the only reason they fail in this episode is because Red Vegemon attacks enough to accidentally break the dark spire. Yeah, not the smartest move. That's the only reason they fail. If he had just not done that, they would have won and then the season would be over. But because of this Red Vegemon deciding to hit the spire by accident, like it hits it with enough force that it damages it. Several times as well. Yeah, but he cracks it just enough for its effect to wear off, so now Gabumon can evolve. So now Gabumon's stock footage can be used. So he evolves into Garurumon, and then the Vegemon kind of gets scared away a little bit, and then they let everybody go, and then Vemon evolves into Flamedramon, because they can, and they essentially defeat Vegemon, and then Tai, Yoli, and Izzy appear for some reason. They just turn up. They're just there now. They don't do anything. They turn up so quickly that I honestly thought that they just forgot that they weren't there most of the time. They don't do anything. They're literally just there for no reason. But they decide they need to destroy the tower. And then this is when Cody gets his, like, tacked in bit. This doesn't need to happen. But it's like, okay, now for Armadillamon to evolve so we can pad out the episode with another evolution. You've literally got Garurumon and Flamedramon right there. They can both hit it. We literally saw a Vegemon, which isn't, well, Red, Red Vegemon, which isn't the strongest Digimon, just hit the tower a couple times. They had to fill out the episode somehow. Cody literally can be taken out of this episode and nothing changes. Nope, the Gatsumon would have been caught. How would they? Because Cody had the brilliant idea of saying they were sculptures. But they never got seen. They were still in the computer room for all of 20 minutes. Even his plan doesn't do anything. I don't think anybody actually reacts to what Cody says. It's almost like the movie Ghost, but like Cody's dead, but nobody else can see him. So he thinks everybody can see him and he's just talking at them. Nobody seems to have said anything to Cody. I'm struggling to think of anyone actually responding to anything Cody says. It's almost like... Cody's someone's OC and they've taken the footage of this episode and then drew their own character over the top of it. So Digmon defeats the tower, or destroys the tower. <laughs> defeats the tower. It put up a good fight, but eventually it crumbled. Such a strong opponent. So the tower falls and then all the Digimon come to their senses. Yoli's there now. Yoli comes up with how they work. Some scientific jargon that she makes up. Says that it powers the Dark Rings, which it kind of does, yeah, but it also restricts evolution. Matt and Ty come up with their next plan, which is that they should destroy the Dark Towers, which, yeah, makes sense. They've come up with a plan, which is supposed to help them. Well, it's a very basic plan. It's more of an objective than anything. I have a problem later on, which I'll casually mention now in case I forget it. But later on, we see Ty and Kari destroying a Dark Tower, but they use Greymon to destroy the tower, but they can't evolve into Greymon because the tower is up. They digivolve outside the range of the spire and then move in. Well, why couldn't they do that from the start? Because they needed to have the whole thing where they were going in to get the hostages. Okay, if from now on, anytime they see one of the old kids Digimon and it's not at champion level, I'm going to be upset because they should. And if they're like, oh no, we've got to destroy the tower to evolve them. They can't digivolve until the Digidestined matching 
partner kid joins them. What I'm saying is, if they met them outside of the range of the tower, then evolve, then go to the tower, they're a lot more useful. Instead of just being, oh, we can't evolve until we stop the tower. It's like, well, then go out of range. But they need the new kids to do everything, because otherwise, what's the point? What's the point of the new kids? What are they for? (laughs) They're not for anything. What have Davis, Yoli, and Cody added so far that the old kids couldn't have done? Okay, so... We'll just carry on. They're back in the computer lab, and Izzy says that he's found a map of the digital world on Yoli's Digivice, which doesn't make sense, because maybe she could have found it herself, I don't know, but they just needed to have this loose plot. It's a very basic map. It's barely even a map, it's just some dots. It's just squares. Black and white squares. That's it. That's what the digital world is. We see that, and then we see Ty and Kari destroying one with Greymon, which is the thing that I'm going to fight. And then we see the Emperor saying that the tower's been destroyed, and that he's okay because that place isn't important in the grand scheme of things. And like, if it's not important in the grand scheme of things, why have you set up a tower? Because he wants everything. Set it up somewhere else, then. Instead of wasting your energy setting up one in a useless place. It's still nice to have. Oh, it's a nice place to go in the summer, you know? And then the episode ends with him laughing, because we need maniacal laughter. Because he's the evil Digimon Emperor! He is. He's the evil Digimon Emperor who does things for no reason and, and is vague. I'm ready for stand-up characters. Okay, mine was actually Davis's time, because the backstory I put on him was enough for him to stand out, but also because no one else really stands out. Okay, I think Davis sucks. That's as much as I have to say about him in this episode, but we'll get into that more in Mano a Mano. My standout character is Red Vegemon, because he is genuinely the worst He's just so bad in every single way. Everything he says is a cooking joke that isn't funny. And he's not threatening. He's a champion level that just poses no threat to anyone. And he sucks. I hate him. He's just so awful. The first five minutes is him smelling bad around Gabumon. And that's supposed to set him up as the villain for this episode. It's a case of the dub just murdering the villain. Favourite thing? Turn around the song. That's a good thing that the episode had. Wasn't your favourite thing, Patamon, being like, oh, everybody else seems to be hurt, but I'm free, but I actually don't want to do anything right now? That's funny, but it was also just kind of sad. Patamon was free. All Tiki had to do was just shout Digi-Army Energize, and then they would have been saved by a horse. Digi-Armor Energism. Digi-Armor Aneurysm. No, my favourite thing is, I turn around to see what's behind me. The most generic song. But I love it so much. What was your favourite thing? There was a bit of Agumon and Greymon in this. For like three seconds. That's enough for you. Considering they're not supposed to be evolving in this, and I know I called it out earlier, but I like seeing Greymon, so that made me happy. I mean, Agumon has to win me over after stating that Davis single-handedly could take on the Digimon Emperor. He's gone down in my estimation since then. He's allowed to be wrong at times, our little precious boy. He is not my little precious boy, Sam. He's my precious boy and I love him. Yeah, but is this episode filler or not? And why do we think that? It's not filler because they learn about the control spires and like they've now got a plan which is to destroy the spires. So now we've got essentially plot for the next couple episodes instead of let's go to this place today for reasons. Fine. What, did you think it was filler? It was just so boring. (laughs) Oh yeah, it was boring, but it's not like senseless boring it was boring with with reason okay i'll agree that it's not filler because it does introduce the control spires which will be an important plot point throughout the rest of this arc without that though it would just be plain filler there were like three types of episodes it's not filler which is like obviously something that's going to be relevant for the next couple episodes or the season filler which is obviously something that can remove anything that will happen or this like half filler which is where 
basically nothing happens except this one tiny thing, which would be like, you know, a new character gets introduced or you get a thing. Pokemon does it a lot. I think Digimon also does it as well at times where they just so little in there and they like tack on at the very end the tiniest bit of not filler. Yeah, the tiniest bit of actual important information. Overall thoughts? It's so bland and flavourless and watery. Yeah, I also use the word bland. It's meh. Let's all jump on the bland wagon. It's just a boring episode. So yeah, it was bland. Cody had four lines, which made me happy. No one really did anything that frustrating, but it was also not exciting. Just Davis was awful. I hated him. (laughs) If I didn't give him the background that I gave to him, he is kind of awful. Throughout this whole episode, he was just loud and annoying and stupid. I think we should carry on. Roll on, Pokemon. That's all you want to say about it. Well, it works. Yeah, it does, but then you're not really saying, you're not giving it context, you're just saying roll on Pokemon. And that's exactly what it's going to do. If you would actually just roll on, Sam. Okay, Ash and Co. end up in a forest-covered valley and see a Donphan. After Brock and Ash try to capture it, they meet Rochelle, Donphan's owner. They learn that she finds Amberite in the valley using Donphan to sniff it out. Once they go their own ways, Team Rocket appears and steals Donphan and attempt to make it find Amberite for them. Ash and Co. find Rochelle again and help her stop Team Rocket. They blast them off and Rochelle shows Ash and Co. how she searches for Amberite. Then Ash challenges her to a battle to train for the Johto League, but loses. They go their own way as the sun sets and the episode ends. I really love the opening music today. I listened to it and I I just really enjoyed it today. Yeah, it is better than Digimon's. Still not as good as the original intro song. I was literally about to say I prefer this one to the original because it's it's cheerier. But it's not as good. The original ones were like, oh yeah, I'm going to be the best and the, the most rad and wicked awesome. And this one's like, yeah, let's go have fun. Okay, whatever. <laughs> it's an alright intro. I tried singing along to it at least. There are worse ones down the pipeline. Okay, yeah. So Ashiko in this forest, but it's like a valley. It's a forest in a valley, okay? That's all I need to say. It's a forest in a valley. Or is it a valley in a forest? So yeah, they're in a, a valley and a forest at the same time, with mountains in the distance. And then there's a small earthquake and rocks fall from above, which are like, just miss the kids. And then Team Rocket's also there, but they're like on a cliff edge above the forest, because we have to see them. And they say how the rocks just miss them, and then the cliff edge breaks off and they plummet into the forest below. And it's like, the episode's not even been on for five seconds and Team Rocket have already been abused by some plot and then right after typing that down it cuts to them hanging from tree vines and jesse's mad saying like a few falling rocks won't stop them and they look and they see this enormous boulder falling onto them and then it cuts like a panning shot of the forest and we just hear looks like and they just cut off as the rock crushes them i find this so funny i had to pause the episode and laugh just the way it was shot just like seeing this boulder about to crush them and then it is cutting to like just this peaceful scene of the of the valley just looks like it's like the funniest part of the episode and i just love it it just makes me really happy because the episode's been on for like a minute and team rocket have already been thrown off a cliff and hit by a boulder so ash and co stumble across a don fan in the bushes and it's a baby don fan because it has short tusks yeah but later on if you look at don fan it's got regular tusks there's multiple Donphan. Yeah, no, this is the Donphan that Rochelle's training. The one that Team Rocket steal. It's got regular tusks. So later on when Team Rocket has it, it's normal tusks. I expected Pokemon to slip up on that, honestly. So 
Ash and Brock start arguing about who should capture the Donphan, because Brock is a breeder and wants to take this young Donphan under his wing, whereas Ash is a Pokemon trainer and just wants Pokemon, even though he's never seemed to be that bothered about catching them all before. So Misty breaks it up, and the Donphan starts walking away, and we see, for what I think may be the first time this season, Brock send out a Pokemon. And it's Onyx. Yep, he sends out Onyx to go after the Donphan, and Onyx gets taken out pretty swiftly. To be fair, Donphan's a ground type. Yeah, it'll be super effective. Although I think it uses rollout, so that's like a rock move, so that shouldn't do anything. But this is the strongest baby Donphan known to man. To be fair, I'm really happy because we've seen Onyx, which is one of my favourites, and we also have Donphan, which is a ground type. It's a, it's a quadrupedal ground type. Why have you got to say that it's quadrupedal? Because a lot of ground types that I like... I like that, like um, Torterra, Camerupt, Hippowden, Rhyhorn, like the oldest quadrupedal ground types. Such a fancy word. It means they've got four feet on the ground. It's a fancy word. It makes me think of Ross from Friends. Sounds like a word he'd use. Probably. Anyway, Ash sends out Heracross because he wants to try out his shiny new Pokemon, but gets interrupted by Rochelle, who is the filler lady this week who owns all of the Donphan in this forest valley. So she reports Ash to the police. <laughs> or she threatens to, anyway, because he was trying to steal her Donphan. But to be fair, they've got no way of knowing that that's an owned Donphan. Yeah, there's just no way of distinguishing between wild Pokemon and owned Pokemon. Give them, like, a sticker or something. Draw numbers on them like shepherds do with sheep. No, that's weird. Just give them a sticker. Just this way up. So they part ways with Rochelle, don't they? Yeah, they just go and do their own thing. So it cuts back to Team Rocket, who are wearing orange ranger outfit disguises, as Meowth explains that they are looking for Amberite, because he overheard some people talking about it. And apparently Donphan are really good at sniffing out Amberite. So they're going to sniff out a Donphan to sniff out Amberite. And that's the plan, to make money quickly. Because Team Rocket seems to be all about the get-rich-quick schemes recently. Which I quite like, because now they've given up on just trying to catch Pikachu anymore. They just want to earn some money. Pikachu's still a way of doing that, so they'll try it again in future, undoubtedly. But they just seem to be clutching at any straw that could potentially make them zillionaires. So they manage to kidnap the baby Donphan, which makes Rochelle sad. So, of course, Ash and Go have to help out, mainly because Brock is obsessed with the lady, as always. And they go in search of... The baby Donphan. Also, they just kind of find her again. They don't purposefully go out the way to find her again. So, like, are they just kind of wandering around the? What are they doing in in the in the in the valley? There's no reason for them to be there. They're just kind of there. Were they just walking behind Rochelle the whole time? Were they stalking Rochelle? So Rochelle calls all of the Donphan around. Yeah, she blows a whistle, and then they all just appear. And I'm like, why didn't you blow the whistle before? Oh wait, Brock tries something first, doesn't he? He sends out his Zubat to try and use echolocation to find them. But he can't, because the trees are deflecting all the sound. It's supposed to deflect the sound. That's how it works. Don't tell them. They won't know. So Zubat can't echolocate because the echolocation is working just fine. So they go to the Donphan plan, but they just get all of the Donphan to go in search of the baby one. What did the Donphan actually do? Because they don't seem to do anything. She sends them off for no reason other than to pad out the episode. They split up and look for clues. Yeah, but like three seconds later, they find Team Rocket. They find Team Rocket, who have been treating this Donphan quite nicely, feeding it well, and just trying to get it to find Amberite. But because it's not trained, it of course just fails. And then Ash and Co. decide to have a fight with Team Rocket, and it's like just a generic fight. 
the usual flashing light background fight where they just have all of the swooshing. Pikachu will use his thunder attack and then blast them off into the sky. And that happens. And there's like a good five, six minutes of the episode left. I'm like, well, that's pretty quick. Like they've got so much more episode left. What are they going to do? And then they kind of stumble about for a bit. And then Rochelle shows them how she finds Amberite, which is literally just, she asks a Don fan to find Amberite. It goes to a hill. It hits the hill. It falls down. (laughs) Did you really need to see this? The Amberite isn't important for anything. We're never going to see it again. So why focus attention on on it so much? Because we're learning. It's interesting to learn about the Don fan. It's not, though. That's a matter of opinion. Was it entertaining to see what we already know will happen, which is the Don fan will find the Amberite? Potentially. But then Rochelle says to Ash, Oh, thanks for helping me. Is there any way I can repay you? Not anybody else, literally just Ash. You specifically have helped me. How can I repay you specifically? Meanwhile, Brock and Misty are just there like, we're background characters. We don't have an input. Misty didn't do anything, but Brock did send out his Onyx, who got instantly wiped out again, because apparently his Onyx sucks, despite being a gym leader. His Onyx gets used twice and gets knocked out both times in this episode. Because Brock isn't important enough anymore. I mean, he tries to use his Pokemon, and every time they just fail completely. The show seems to have forgot that these two are actually gym leaders. They just kind of wave their hand vaguely and go, yeah, they're here now. So yeah, Ash wants to fight because that's what he always wants. So instead of being like, can I have some Amberite so we can have a bit of money or something, or something to trade? He's like, I want to fight. And then he sends out Heracross, and that seems to be the only Pokemon he's using now. It's his shiny new toy. He sends out Heracross and he loses, but they don't really make a big deal of, of it. And I'm like, oh, okay, I guess this is a thing that happens. They're just like, yeah, you'll lose sometimes, but at least you've got the experience now. whoop de doo there is always hope you will get stronger. Hooray, hooray, hooray. And then it's sunset and then Ash and Co are leaving because they always leave at sunset because they're actually like vampires and they need to go and feed. And they're on the way to Violet City. Still. I forgot that was where they were going because it seems to be so rarely brought up. The end of the episode is always the character in the episode and their Pokemon stood next to them, waving as everybody walks away. Sunset is the best time to start walking. You know, don't hunker down for the night. Just, yeah, let's walk off into the sunset and then like an hour from now it's pitch black and we're just in the middle of a forest still. So yeah, this episode kind of fell apart in the last five minutes where it was just generic stuff. It didn't feel exciting. Right, yeah, um, any more notes? I've got a few more notes. First of all, is that James seems to have the weakest victory belt ever. It just goes down really easily despite being higher leveled, and I think it has the type advantage as well against whatever Pokemon it is Ash uses in that battle. Was it Heracross? I don't know. It might have been Donphan, but whoever it was just went down really easily, which is sad. Also, it already has become apparent that Heracross has just lost all of his personality. Like, he was really quite timid and shy last episode, and now he's just angry fighting monster. That's all he does now, is he just gets riled up for the fight, because Ash tells him to, and then it's kind of sad when he loses. But he just doesn't seem to have the same personality anymore. They've just changed it, because they feel like it. He's become like Bulbasaur and stuff, where now he's just got no personality, and he's only there for the fighting. And also... Is he bigger than he was last episode? Yeah, he does seem quite massive. I'm pretty certain last episode he was maybe the same height as Ash, tops. But now he's twice the size of him. Well, he was the size of a mecha pincer last time, wasn't he? But then also when he was walking behind them, he seemed shorter. He just seems to change all the time. Yeah, it's not super consistent. But he is massive at the end. 
We've seen shots of Pikachu where he grows to like stupid sizes. So cool standout character. Brock. He tries his very best to be a standout character. He's constantly sending out Pokemon that immediately fail, and he's always just thrusting himself upon Rochelle throughout the whole episode. So he's on screen for a lot more than usual. Mine is Don fan, because what else would it be? But there's so many of them. There's so many of them, yeah. It's great. Like, why does she need so many of them if she needs one of them to smash the Amberite? It's a whole business that she's got going on. But yeah, it's like the only Pokemon in this episode, really. We've seen all the others before. It's just, it's there. I mean, we've even seen Donphan before. Oh yeah, we saw it in the movie briefly, but it's there. I like it. This is an episode focusing on them, so I'm okay with it. Because you like your ground types. I like my ground types. Favourite thing? My favourite thing is when Ash commands Heracross to look behind him. Because I just like to imagine that Heracross wouldn't have looked behind him, but have just stared at the empty space in the middle of this battle and not reacted at all to being attacked. If Ash hadn't told him to turn around. Turn around, he can see behind him. It's pro battle strategies. That's what Matt's teaching people. It's just when you have to tell your Pokemon to look around. <laughs> Are they that badly trained? My favourite thing is Team Rocket because they seem to have given up on the capture Pikachu scheme now and they just want to get some money. Well, Team Rocket's always the easy choice. Yeah, but to be fair, they also gave me that line at the start where it's just like, looks like tip, and then I just get destroyed by a rock. Smooshed. It's great. I love it. They're great. Filler or not filler? Definitely filler. Absolutely, yeah. Like, this doesn't need to happen. I don't see how anyone could argue that this is important. Unless Heracross has a massive character arc from now that this starts off. Just the next episode, Heracross is twice its size again. Just every episode, Heracross just gets bigger and bigger and bigger. Ah, oh, that'd be fun. I'd enjoy that. They never mention it or anything as well. It just happens. Oh yeah, there was that bit in the middle of the battle where Heracross just starts sucking on tree sap. Oh yeah, that's his running gag. Like, every time it'll be, Oh, it's going for the sap. No, come back and battle. There seems to be like, they give Pokemon the one quirk. And that's what they do, like Victory Bell and Biting James. Apparently Onyx's one trait is just losing instantly in any battle. I'm interested to see how many times he's used Onyx and how many times Onyx has lost, because I feel like it, like it might be just 100% loss. Didn't he win once against Ash? Apart from Ash, but Ash is the main character and he has to go through loss to, to get better. Well, he has to go through loss to then experiment on his Pikachu. I also like how he lost this match and it's in a filler episode, so it could just be cut out. Overall thoughts? It was fine. It was nothing new. It felt bland again. It was very boring. It was the same plot we've seen before, and it seemed to run dry in the last five minutes, and then they were like, well, what do we do? We've got no more things to do. We need to pad this episode out. And then that was the episode. Yeah, it was just really boring. I'm going to forgive it a bit, because it is a filler episode, so it didn't need to be exciting. Although it has been three episodes, two episodes for them to get to Violet City. This is the fourth episode, and they're still not there. He needs to get there next episode. We can't get five, six episodes in and him not have his first badge yet because it, that, that, all that tells me is that we're, go- we're not going to get to like badge six before the end of the run. Not like last series. Last series we got to badge six and then just had 20-something filler episodes. Because pacing. Anything else or shall we move on? I think we can move on. Now it's time for Mono A Mono where we attempt to compare these episodes. So what mons were new to us? Red Vegemon? Nope, he was in the first series. Was he? He works for Puppetmon. There was a swarm of them that attacked everyone. I forgot about him as well, but check the Wikipedia page, and he was in the first series. 
And then technically Don Fan, we've seen in the movie, but we can talk about him a little bit. But like, there are no new Mons, really. Yeah, there's none that we've actually not seen before while covering the show. I'm going to give a nod to Red Vegemon because I kind of just want to say how Red Vegemon reminds me of Digimon World 1 because they're in Green Forest. And they make that weird sound, which is like someone dragging a sack of stones when they move. I'm just going to say that I didn't like Red Vegemon at all. I don't like Red Vegemon at all. Even in uh, Next Order as well, they're like this two blocking the way to another area. And they're super strong compared to everything else in the area. So Red Vegemon are kind of all around annoying. And the design's just really, really boring. Cooking jokes aren't funny. <laughs> okay, well, what about Don Fan? Even then, we've seen Don Fan in the movie. And then even Don Fan's design's a bit boring. It's just an elephant, really. <laughs> it's an elephant that can curl up into a ball. It's an elephant to Dillo. I'm nostalgic for it because it reminds you of Pokemon Gold. I'm pretty sure Don Fan could only get in Pokemon Silver because you could only get Fanfi in Pokemon Silver, I think. And I think I remember getting one from my brother who had Silver and I had Gold. I'm pretty sure that's the thing. I just I just remember having Don Fan and it being pretty cool. He's an alright Pokemon. Yeah, it's okay. It's kind of cute. I prefer its smaller form though because it's super cute. It's basic level. Is it Fanpy or Panfi? Fanfi. Fanfi. What was your Monster of the Week? My Monster of the Week was Zubat because he does still exist. Even if it's just for let's use its sonar and it can't use its sonar because there are things in the way. Also known as what sonar does. I can't use my echolocation. My echolocation is working too well. Mine was Vimon because Vimon seemed to be the one with personality this time. He really wanted to cheer Davis up, so he started saying jokes, and then he wanted to get into a fight because he knows Davis likes fights. For some reason. But actually, I kind of want to change it. Can my monster of the week now be Patamon because of the everybody else is kidnapped? I've not been kidnapped, but also I really don't want to fight right now, so I'm going to pretend I've been kidnapped. I'm totally being tangled up in these vines. What happened if Vegemon hadn't destroyed the Dark Tower? They would have died, and Patamon, like, eventually they would have just seen Patamon not tied up and be like, you could have done something. And he's like, no, I'm, I don't want to do that. I don't want to be a horse. My headcanon is that Patamon doesn't like being Pegasusmon because it feels weird, so he wants to avoid it at every opportunity. Who was worse, Ash or Davis? I'm going to say that you say Davis. I say they're both kind of okay this episode. They both didn't really do too much. Davis just made me angry. Well, Ash didn't really do anything. He was sort of there and let the plot happen around him. I mean, Ash was alright. He was trying to do Pokemon things like capture Pokemon and battle. But Davis was just like, I want to fight. That's my character. My character likes to fight. He at least did stuff this episode, which means he has to be worse. All that Davis does is get angry because people don't want him to fight because he's an idiot. Which storyline did you prefer? They were both pretty boring. <laughs> yeah, I said Pokemon because the Team Rocket bits. Like, just Team Rocket at the start kind of sold it for me. The concept of a hostage situation in Digimon sounds good, but they just execute it really poorly. And all focuses on Davis for no reason. <laughs> Why was the focus on Davis? Well, it's supposed to be like Davis and a Matt episode, but they hardly interact. Matt hardly does anything. <laughs> No, he just, just gets angry at Davis for no reason. Because that's what Matt does. He sings a bit of a song and then follows them around for a while. And then holds the Digivice. Yeah, Digimon was just bad. Yeah, I'll say Pokemon's was better. Any similarities? They were both really, really boring and bland. That's my first one. The second one I have is that both Ash and Davis have the monsters getting beaten up a bit. For them to only come around and win anyway or learn some sort of positive lesson. But Davis doesn't learn anything. 
I've got both out of rocks and rocky stuff because we've got Gotsumon and Donphan. That's Grasper gets straws. And the other thing is things being controlled by other people, like Vegemon and, and Donphan, both essentially get their control taken by somebody else. But even that's another Grasper gets straws situation. There aren't really any interesting similarities between these two very boring episodes. Differences? I think that I like Team Rocket more as villains than the Digimon Emperor, because the Digimon Emperor right now just seems to have the only motive being he's evil. But Team Rocket have, like, their goals to earn money or to capture Pikachu because they have this whole backstory to them. Even this time it wasn't about Pikachu. They shifted it. Clearly they need more money to build their weird machines, so they need to find a get-rich-quit scheme. Whereas the Digimon Epic is just like, I'm so evil. Evil laugh. I'm evil. I am bad dude. Look how evil I am. <laughs> I made glasses. I've spent several episodes modifying these glasses, which do nothing. But he just doesn't seem to have a clear motive or an actual reason for why he's doing all this stuff. He's just vaguely, I will take over the digital world. Yeah, just because. Just because. The other difference I have is that I find that Pokemon's jokes are always far superior to the ones that Digimon do. Absolutely, absolutely. Like, like I said, the one with teamwork at the start, there's the comedic timing and the shot and the way it cuts to like the serene mountain. Just that it works really well. And I really enjoyed it. Yeah, the humour around Team Rocket is definitely better. With Ash and Co, it's a bit more inconsistent, but it's just funnier. <laughs> Digimon's was all just, hey, Red Vegemon's a vegetable. He can talk about cooking a lot. Isn't that funny? Huh? And it's not. It's just cooking references. It's like the baseball episode that Pokemon had. It was just all baseball references, and that's not funny either. Like, you can't just reference a thing and expect that to be funny. It's not a joke. But yeah, those are the main differences I had written down. Do you have any? Not really. There was actual danger in, in Digimon and Pokemon was just a lot more whimsical. But yeah, they just both seemed pretty chill. They had hostage situations in both. They were both just solved really easily as they just walked up to them. So which episode are we going to award the point to? Uh, Pokemon. Yeah, I agree. Purely because of Don Fan and Team Rocket. It's literally like, here's a cup of water. We've put a slice of lemon in one and a slice of orange in the other. Which one's better? And I'm like, that's really bland and boring, but I guess this one's better purely because I prefer this fruit. Digimon's was just really bland and boring, except when it was irritating because of Davis's awful behaviour. I really didn't like Davis this episode. He just went out of his way to be as awful as he possibly could. So yeah, we're giving the point to Pokemon, which makes the score 3-1 to Pokemon. I guess Pokemon's doing really well then. <laughs> won 75% of the episode so far. It's not good. Well, it's only not good if we are extremely biased and think that Pokemon should lose. Otherwise, it's just fine. We forgot to record an outro, so I'm doing it now on my own. So, you can join us next time, where we'll be discussing the fifth episodes, Illusion, Confusion, and Old Reliable. You can listen to more of us on SoundCloud, iTunes, Stitcher, or YouTube, where we like getting reviews and comments. And you can message us on our Facebook, Twitter, Discord, with the thread, or email, which are all linked in the show notes. And if you want to be extra nice, you can support me on my Patreon, or follow me on my Tumblr and commission me for artwork. Thanks so much for listening and for waiting for new episodes. Bye! Okay.
name of Othello? Have you not heard of Othello? It's the thing where you put down like white and black counters and flip them over. Oh, okay. I thought you meant the play. A game of Othello. I don't know. <laughs> Whatever. It was a joke. The name rings a bell, like the game rings a bell, but I don't know how to play it. Maybe someone will have heard of it besides me. It's such an old game, though. But it's... Uh, <clears throat> who cares? I've done it now. <sighs> Could you hear the motorbike then? Very briefly. <sighs> I'm, I'm on the opposite side of the building, and somehow... It's, it's like a split second of a motorbike. <sighs> Every single time. Every time. I can't wait till later on where we have to have him talking to his emo cousin. <laughs> emo cousin. <laughs> Just remembering all of else what happens in this season. What we have like, to come. How do we get there? How do we get to like stones in soup and emo boy? <laughs> <laughs> we get there somehow and it's a natural progression that we get from this episode. Anything else or do you want to leave this episode in the fridge? That's supposed to be a food pun. That's what I came up with. I'm sorry. That was really shitty. Bad. That was really bad. Sorry. I wanted a food pun and I came up with, let's just leave it in the fridge. I'm sorry. <laughs> it's okay. We can delete this episode if you want. We can just delete this episode and I'll just jump out the window. No, I think we should carry on. Uh, okay. I mean, Patamon gets a short end of the sticks this season. He gets a horse and then he becomes a clay doll. <laughs> That's his new power that he gets. Horse form and doll form. <laughs> Meanwhile, so you get like... <laughs> bird person. What does Gatamon get? You get... Sphinx gets... and, and cool bird cat lady. They're both pretty cool compared to horse. Horse. horse Actually, like... Butter. Nefertimon's attack is weird where it fires a beam of light into the sky and then from that beam becomes a stone tablet. That launches at them. That's its attack. Like, Rosetta Stone is literally... Instead of firing an attack at them, I will fire an attack upwards. Just a beam of pink light. From within that light will come a stone tablet that will fly at you. There's so many extra steps there. (laughs) Just fire the stone tablet. You don't need to launch a beam into the sky. Okay. Okay, yeah. So my Motso Week's Patamon because he just had no time for this stuff and he just wanted to pretend he was caught. Okay. 